Likute Sichais, Chelikutes, that's volume 19, the second Sicha for Parshas Ekev. This is a Rashi Sicha, and this is going to be on Pasik Aleph, verse 1 in chapter 8. And in this Sicha, we're going to again re encounter many of the Klole, many of the rules in Rashi that we're already well familiar with. Also, we're going to learn and come to appreciate the importance of fulfilling the mitzvahs, and not only fulfilling the mitzvahs, but fulfilling them in their entirety. I would recommend that before we begin the sicha, you just take a quick review of the verses in the previous chapter, that is in chapter 7, at least from verse 17, through the end of the chapter, verse 26. So in our parsha, like I said in chapter 8, verse 1, Moshe says to the people, Kol All the mitzvah, all the commandment, which I command you today, you should observe, you should be very diligent and be careful to fulfill in order for you to live and thrive and you will come and inherit the land. So in the heading of Kol HaMitzvah, Rashi says, what is the meaning? Number one, Kipshutai. Kipshutai means like the literal sense, the literal meaning of the word, kol ha-mitzvah, all the mitzvah. And then Rashi adds and he says, umedrish ha and there is another interpretation, another explanation, and that is for the medrash. And the medrash says as follows, if you, quote, if you began a mitzvah, complete it, finish it. Why? Because the mitzvah bears the name or is accredited, attributed only to the one who completes it. As it says, quote, and the remains of Yosef, which the B'nai Yisrael, which the children of Israel brought off from Egypt, they buried in Shechem. Now, of course, when you look at this verse, which describes what happened when they entered Israel, and they finally conquered the, uh, the, the land, and they laid to rest Yosef, who all these years was being carried by whom? by Moshe. Moshe, we know, as already the Torah told us in Parshas B'Shalach, that Moshe was the one who brought up with him in accordance with the promise which they made to Yosef. He brought up with him the remains of Yosef. And throughout all these years, he carried it along with him. He took care of it. He safeguarded it. And he, as it says, Tipelba, he actually, you know, busied himself with it all the time. But he didn't go in Teretz Yisrael. So you see that the verse attributes this mitzvah, the fulfillment of this mitzvah to the, gen- to the children of Israel, not to Moshe who spent 40 years taking care of and safeguarding these remains. So Rashi continues, was it not Moshe himself who busied himself with bringing them up? However, says Rashi, again from the Medrash, because Moshe did not succeed in completing the Mishnah, the mission, in completing this task, uh, who did complete this task, the children of Israel, therefore it's called on their name, it's attributed to them. So of course the, the, the common, the regular questions in Rashi, number one, what was the difficulty here that Rashi feels compelled to address? Number two, why does Rashi bring two explanations? We know that the only time Rashi introduces a secondary interpretation of the verse is only when the first one is insufficient. 
albeit that the first one is the main one, but when there is something that is lacking, then Rashi complements it by bringing the second period. What is the need for the second thing? What is not sufficient in the first explanation of Rashi, which was merely one word, which means a lot, which just says, Kipshutai, that we translated according to, we interpreted according to its regular, usual meaning. Now, some more questions that we can um, ask as we analyze this second interpretation, the second commentary Rashi brings from the Medrash. First of all, why didn't Rashi just suffice with saying that what the Pasik is teaching us, call ha-mitzvah, all of the mitzvah, that if you, quote, begin with a mitzvah, complete it. That's it. That would have been enough. That would have made a point. Why does Rashi feel compelled to add the words that, the negative, so to speak, that if you don't complete it, then it's not called on your name, that the mitzvah is only attributed to the one who completes it. Why does he have to add that? Furthermore, another question, why does he have to bring a proof of this? He seems compelled to bring a proof from the story of Yosef, of the remains of Yosef, and how Moshe brought it up, and yet it's not attributed to the same. Why bring the whole background? Why bring the whole story? And another question, if you're already bringing a proof, it would seem that there is an even better proof for that really enhances the lesson of this, of this idea of completing a mitzvah in its entirety. In fact, it's mentioned in the same place, on the same page in the, in the Gemara, where the Talmud discusses the one that Rashi actually does bring. And that is the story with Yehuda. If you recall, when they sold Yosef as a slave, it was Yehuda who actually saved his life. We know that Shimon Levi wanted to kill him right there on the spot. Yehuda was the one who said, hey, what's the point? You know, he tried to defuse the situation and he succeeded to a great extent. However, at the end, he didn't totally save him and Yosef was sold as a slave. And immediately following that episode, the Torah tells us that it was, quote, after this episode, Vayered Yehuda and Yehuda went down. And the Talmud says, tells to us that this is no coincidence. The Torah is telling us that there's a correlation between the two. The fact that Yehuda, quote, went down is because they demoted him. Because he didn't complete the job. Because he didn't totally save Yosef. He only began the mitzvah, therefore he was demoted. And from there the Talmud concludes that when one doesn't complete a mitzvah, one actually goes down from their greatness. One actually gets demoted. So why did Rashi bring this? This seems to be more impactive. And one more question, why did Rashi feel the need to tell us why Moshe did not complete the mitzvah? In other words, why is it important for us to know, how does this enhance our understanding of this topic, to know that lo his speak Moshe, Moshe did not succeed, he just could not do it because he physically did not go into, his, into Israel. Why wasn't it enough just to say that it was called on the names of the Jewish people, it was attributed to them because they were the ones who in fact took Yosef's remains into Eretz Yisrael, and they buried him. So in order to understand this, we'll first ask another question, which seemingly, uh, it could be asked here. And that is, if we take a look for a moment, take a look at the verses prior to this verse of Kol HaMitzvah. What does it say there? Over there it gives us instructions that when we enter the land of Israel, what are we meant to do? We're meant to eradicate all of the avodazara, all of the idols and anything associated with the idols, all the altars, the trees of the idols and so on and so forth. Why couldn't Rashi just say 
and explain that these words, call ha-mitzvah, all the mitzvah, which I command you to do, which notice the word mitzvah, the problem here is that it's in singular form. It doesn't say kol ha-mitzvot, all the mitzvot. It says kol ha-mitzvah, all the mitzvah. So why couldn't Rashi say that this actually is a continuation of before? That Moshe is telling us, listen, when you fulfill that important mitzvah, that cardinal mitzvah of eradicating Avodah Zorah, and by the way, it would make sense because it would also, it would, it would explain both words. The word kol, which means all, which brings up the question, how can you say all, which seems to imply plural, and then say mitzvah, which seems to imply singular. Ha-mitzvah, the-mitzvah. It makes sense. Because it is ha-mitzvah, it is the-mitzvah, and it is kol, it is all, because we do know, as the sages tell us, that the mitzvah of not worshipping idols, of eradicating idols, is so, it's, it has carried so much weight that it is shakal, it is balanced, it is so much speak, it is the equivalent of all the mitzvahs in the entire Torah. And therefore it makes sense. Why couldn't Rashi just say that? Everything would be understood, everything would be in its place. The answer is Rashi could not say that. Because if we look at this verse, what does Moshe say? Call ha-mitzvah, all the mitzvah. If you make sure to safeguard it and to fulfill it, what's going to be? You're going to live you're going to strive and you're going to come in and conquer the land. But in the, if we look back in the previous verses, one was the instruction to eradicate the idols. Not only not to worship them, but to eradicate them. The instructions was to do what? After you come to Israel, look from verse 17 and on. You come to Israel. Don't fear their kings. Hashem will give them in your hands and he will defeat them before you. Then you will come, then you will eradicate everything. So it's obvious that over here we cannot be referring to that because this is telling us that as a result of fulfilling kol ha-mitzvah, all of the mitzvah, whatever that means, you will merit to go into the land and conquer it. So it's obviously not going back. You can't fulfill that mitzvah before conquering the land. And therefore it's obviously not referring to that. And that's what compelled Rashi to tell us that we need that, that's what we need that's what compelled Rashi to tell us that this is what the meaning of the mitz of the word is. Keep shutoi. Like it 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 it's it's a literal meaning. In other words, Rashi has to tell us that even though you have the questions, you know, it seems to be speaking about plural and then singular, I'm telling you it's referring to all the mitzvot. Now think about it for a second, okay? What is really the issue? Why would I think that it's not? You see, because when is this being said? We know that two weeks ago we began the beginning of Chumash Devarim, the beginning of this Chumash. And what did it say there? That it began, this narrative from Moshe began on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, 36 days before his passing. How much time is left until their entry into Eretz Yisrael, into the land of Israel? Not much. And they know that. And he knows that. So it's obvious, and here is what the question, here was the, what was the problem. The problem here is, how can kol ha-mitzvah refer to all the mitzvot? Why not? Because there are many mitzvot which they can physically not fulfill. Practically speaking, there's no way they can fulfill them. Either mitzvot that are 
connected to particular festivals. Mitzvot that are connected to uh, their fulfillment is, 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 is contingent upon being in the land of Israel. So it can be that kol ha-mitzvah means all of the mitzvot, all of the 630 mitzvot. So then what does kol ha-mitzvah mean? And that's what Rashi has to tell us. That kol ha-mitzvah here does not mean all of the mitzvot, but it means the mitzvah as almost like a, a name of a species, a concept. All the mitzvah, meaning all the mitzvah that one could fulfill as we stand here right now, that's what you should fulfill. And that's what Moshe is saying. All the mitzvah, not all the mitzvot, but all the mitzvah as a concept, as like a species, as like an idea, that's what you should be certain. That's what you should put your mind to fulfill in order for you to marry, to go into Eretz Yisrael, to, to inherit the land of Israel. This is what Rashi means with the word kipshuta, like its literal meaning. So now we understand what compelled Rashi to explain it, because otherwise it would be some difficulty here to understanding what it means as it referring to all the mitzvot, is, and that cannot be because there's some mitzvot which they cannot fulfill. So then it's a cash 22. How would they ever go into Israel if they can't fulfill all the mitzvot? And you're saying that they're going into Israel is contingent upon them fulfilling all these mitzvot. On the other hand, how can you say call all and only mean some mitzvot which are available, their practice, their fulfillment is available right here, right now. And therefore Rashi says that notwithstanding all the difficulties, it means keep shuto. It means the literal meaning, meaning all the mitzvah as an idea, as a topic, as a concept, all the mitzvah you can do, you shall see to it that you do it. However, why do we need the second um, meaning, the second interpretation? Why do we need the midrash? There's still a question. Because this is still very troublesome. It's very, it's very difficult to say that on the one hand you're talking about all the mitzvah, it says kol. In the other hand, it only means particular mitzvot that are available for fulfillment right now. In other words, it's not so simple. It doesn't really make 100% sense because still the word kol, which is all, is not accounted for. Because if you say all the mitzvah, it means all the mitzvot. You can't say all and mean some. And to complement that, Rashi brings that second interpretation from the Midrash, which the Midrash, what does it do? According to it, when you say the word kol ha-mitzvah, you're referring to all the mitzvahs, each and every single mitzvah, whatever that mitzvah may be. If you began the mitzvah, see to it that you should complete it. The question, however, is, so then what's the connection? What's the connection between this particular idea the particular idea of completing a mitzvah. In other words, it's almost like a detail in the fulfillment of mitzvot, not all of the mitzvot. It's only just one prong of the entirety of fulfillment of mitzvot. It's one idea. What's the connection between this and meriting to go into Israel? Why, why is there a connection? Why does the, the Torah connect the two and make it contingent upon the kol ha-mitzvah, the fulfilling the entirety of the mitzvah and going into Israel? The answer is, we always find that whenever Hashem wants to give us something, whenever Hashem already has promised something, still, yet, 
Hashem expects us to do something, a mitzvah, a merit or something in order to be able to receive it, in order to merit the reception of that thing. Here too, going into Israel, although Hashem swore and promised already to our ancestors that we're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, we're going to indeed conquer the land, still Hashem made it that it's still contingent on our fulfillment of the mitzvah of conquering the land. In other words, we still have to do our little part in order to complete this promise, in order to complete it and therefore receive it. And that is what Rashi emphasizes when he adds the words that the mitzvah is only attributed, it gets called on the name. The credit is given only to the one who completes it. Because over here we're dealing with the generation that left Egypt. They were meant to go into Eretz Yisrael. But because of the decree, after the story with the spies, they were destined to remain in the desert and not go into Eretz Yisrael and not conquer it. Who is going to get it? Who is going to do all of the mitzvah? Who is going to complete it and therefore merit to in, in, in enjoy the conquering of the land? It's their children. It's the next generation. And this is what Moshe is telling them. That really, you guys did a lot of the mitzvah. You did all the mitzvah throughout the 40 years and you prepared yourself for going to Eretz Yisrael. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be you who's going to get the credit of conquering Eretz Yisrael. Even though you got us so far. But it's going to be the one who does kol ha-mitzvah all of the mitzvah, the one who actually finishes it, whoever puts on the finishing touch, that's going to actually get the credit of going into Israel and um, enjoying the, the, the inheritance, the conquest of the land. But of course, the question could be asked, and now we'll understand all the details in Rashi. So far we understand why Rashi had to add the words that, quote, the, the mitzvah is not attributed is attributed only to the one who completes it. Because now we understand what we're talking about. We're talking about entering Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we need to understand that it's not just the general idea of finishing a mitzvah, but it's how that connects to the entry into Eretz Yisrael and giving and attributing the credit of entering Eretz Yisrael and conquering Eretz Yisrael and setting Eretz Yisrael to those who complete the job, whether they are greater or not than those who began the process of the mitzvah. Of course, the question can be asked, but one second, think about it. Most of the people who did not merit to enter Eretz Yisrael, who did not merit, who did not succeed in completing this mitzvah, it was no fault of their own. In fact, how many people already complained and cried at that night? Not all the Jews, but yet Hashem made a decree that anybody above the age of 20 is going to pass away in the desert in the course of the 40 years. So it's not and no fault of their own. And now on the other hand, think about it. If there was anybody under the age of 20 that did complain about and was afraid because of the words of the spies, it, was no, it wasn't decreed upon him to die. He's still going to go into Eretz Yisrael. So it doesn't seem like, what, what do you mean about the one who completes the mitzvah? Is it because I wanted to complete the mitzvah? Or is it up to me to complete the mitzvah? Does it make a difference if I had a choice in the matter? And that's why Rashi adds the example. He adds the proof from Yosef. You see by Yosef, the story with the remains of Yosef, where Moshe clearly did it, not only wanted to do it, he did the mitzvah up to its very end. Who brought that casket with the remains of Yosef all the way from Egypt, all the way to the border of Eretz Yisrael? It was Moshe. 
All the children of Israel did was just brought it over that border and buried it in Shechem. And yet, it's called, it's attributed to their credit, it's called on their name, quote-unquote. And that tells us that even if it's against your will, even if it's no, no, no doing of your own, that you could not complete the mitzvah, but yet this concept, uh, 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 this concept of completing the mitzvah and that becoming the catalyst of why the mitzvah is attributed to you, this is the way it is, and this is how Rashi emphasizes it. And now we can understand even more why Rashi did not bring a proof from the story of Yehuda, because it's not about pointing out the severity of not completing the mitzvah, more so, more than it is, as Rashi is doing, to point out the greatness and the great merit of the one who gets to complete the mitzvah, even though he didn't begin the mitzvah, and even one, even though the one who, who began the mitzvah intended to complete it, but yet no choice of his own, no, no fault of his own, um, it ended up being that he could not complete it and somebody else completed it. So this, this actually brings us to another very, very interesting, very, very interesting thing that we can find in the... Um, in another in a few points that comes out from this Rashi, you notice look closely. If you notice, Rashi does not use the term that if somebody completes the mitzvah, it's like he did the mitzvah. It's like he like he did the whole mitzvah. He doesn't say that. He says it's like it's nikras al shmoi. It's like it's called on his name. It's just attributed to him, but it's not that the other person didn't do anything. And this teaches us a very very powerful thing. Rashi is teaching us kind of between the lines. That even if somebody did not succeed in completing it, and therefore his name will not be his title, will not be titled on his name, he will not be fully attributed to him. But of course, you cannot take away from him the actual mitzvah that he did do, the actual part that he did contribute to the mitzvah. His part of the mitzvah is still his part. It's just that he won't get the full name; it won't be called on his name. Where do we see this? We see this in the previous parsha, in last week's parsha in Vaschanon. Over there, it clearly says, and Rashi even elaborates, that Moshe chose to dedicate, to designate the three cities of refuge. Oz Yavdil Moshe. Moshe designated the three cities. Now, we know that there are supposed to be six cities of refuge in total. Three on that side of the Jordan, and three will be in Israel proper in the other side of the Jordan. And we know that until all six were at, were designated, and all six were consecrated, they didn't have the effect of the cities of refuge. In other words, they didn't have the power of the city of refuge. So the question becomes, why did Moshe even bother? Moshe knew that he's not going to complete it. Hashem had already told him that he's not going into Eretz Yisrael. Even as he shared that with the people, he expressed to them prior to designating these three cities, he said, look, I know I'm not going into the land because of you. Why did he bother? This is what Rashi is hinting to. And Rashi says, quote, it's not called on your name. Not that it's not like you didn't do it, or it's like the other person gets the credit as if he did the whole thing. No, you did what you did. The part of the mitzvah you did will always be yours. It's just that you will not get your name plaque, so to speak, on that whole mitzvah. And another beautiful thing that we can see from this, another point that the Rebbe brings out. You know the story with the children of God and Reuven. The tribe of, the tri I'm sorry, the tribes of God and Reuven. Their promise was that v'anachnu nechaletz chushim, we are going to be the trailblazers. We're going to go ahead before the children of Israel and fight with them, but ahead of them. And in fact, when Moshe reminds them their promise, he warns them. He says, remember, you go ahead of them. 
question is, why is it so crucial? Why is it so important for them to go ahead of the children of Israel? What would have been wrong? What would have been insufficient if they would have fought side by side with the children of Israel? Isn't the idea that, look, we have our land, but we're not going to stay back and just, you know, wiggle our way out of fighting to the conquest of Eretz Yisrael. We're going to be there. We're going to be present. We'll be away from our homes for 14 years. So why is the emphasis so much on them going ahead? Says the Rebbe, this is the point that we learned in this Rashi. Think about it. They, that is the tribes of God and Reuven, they began the conquest and the settlement of Eretz Yisrael by them requesting that land as their inheritance and that became the place where they settled they began the process of the settlement of Eretz Yisrael which is really the outcome of the conquest of Eretz Yisrael so therefore since they began in order for them to complete their mitzvah they cannot just go side by side with the rest of the people they have to continue the beginning of the con conquest they have to go ahead of everyone else in order to conquer Eretz Yisrael ahead of everyone else, quote, as the beginning of the conquest all the time throughout until they complete the entire mission.